Ever since Donna was a girl, no one believed she'd get very far. You're breaking up with me in a birthday card? Well, I don't make breaking up cards. But that won't stop her from going places. Frankly, people, you can be whatever you want. Why do you want to be a stewardess? Um, because of all the travel opportunities. We fly from Laughlin to Fresno. It won't be fast. Captain, we are... Captain? It won't be smooth. You ever been on a plane before? Yeah, you know. But this small town girl. I love that lipstick. Chanel, we are every bit as good as they are. Oh, we are. Is about to get a taste. Royalty Airlines job fair. Who's in? Of the big time. I'm John Whitney, head of the flight attendant trainee program. This one. I want my hand towels, I want my little booties, and I want my warm nuts. Gwyneth Paltrow, Christina Applegate, Mark Ruffalo, Candace Bergen, with Kelly Preston, Rob Lowe, and Mike Myers. Don't ever let anything get in the way of your destiny. View from the top. Asses the window. It's assess the window. You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> this Welcome movie. Back Welcome to back the to show, the show, listeners. This movie, man. I mean, is this the worst movie we've ever done on our <laughs> podcast? It might be. Well, you're But about, I still love it, though. Yeah. Uh, listeners, you're about to find out. This is... You're in for a treat. Everybody out there, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Oh, boy. Scott, what... What did we watch today, and who is our wonderful guest? We had our friend Brad on for the movie View from the Top. Welcome back, Brad. Thank you, thank you. I'm so, excited to be here. Brad, you were on last for our Clueless episode, which is one of my personal favorite episodes. I love all of our episodes, but I am very proud of the Clueless episode. And I love that you picked for your follow-up a Gwyneth Paltrow movie and be... A, a Gwyneth Paltrow movie, and B, a Stacey Dash movie. <laughs> a Stacey Dash deep cut. Well, <laughs> I sense a theme. Oh, theme. my goodness. So how did we land on View from the Top? Well, I mean, aside from the fact that it is every bit the cultural touchstone that Clueless is, you uh, know, um, uh, uh, there are just so many reasons. And absolutely. I'm actually rethinking them all right now. <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um... I mean, I have vivid memories of this movie coming out. I remember reading about this movie in Premiere Magazine, and they had the three-shot of Gwyneth, Kelly, and Christina in the airport bar in Nevada. And it was just like, this is what Gwyneth Paltrow's up to. She's doing a movie about flight attendants. And like, 16-year-old me could not wait for this movie. I totally agree. And and remember, this is around uh, uh, Aaron Brockovich time. Yeah. So the idea of a push-up bra and big hair and a, and a kind of Academy Award winner going there was, oh, just, sign was me something up. exciting about it. True. But, uh, yeah, I felt the same as you, Scott. Um, I had never seen this movie before, before last night. Pete has I thoughts. have many thoughts in this movie, the first of which is Justice for Kelly Preston. Oh, yes, 100%. out in the first 20 minutes of the damn movie. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, I have some problems with structure and character development and jokes. Uh, 
misused actors <laughs> Mi- as you yes, said yes <laughs> mis- definitely misused um yeah kelly preston's character is here and you feel like she you're with her you know she's our like caregiver character and then all of a sudden she's just gone and she is not to be seen nor heard from she again. doesn't make it past that interview uh, yeah so yeah so last night was my first time watching this i i mean of course i remember when it when it was released um and i remember i think i remember at the time just kind of the response to it was a little bit like "Mm, this is a little disjointed with you know what's going on um but i just never got around to seeing it i mean you know it had like they threw in mike myers to get this like you know comedy aspect to it and i could feel like it really wanted to be kind of like a little bit more, definitely more broad, a little bit more zany, maybe in the Romeo and Michelle kind of, a, you know, area of like wacky kind of out there comedy. But it just never really found its footing. And I don't know if that was in the edit and, you know, I don't think there were reshoots, but I know that there was a lot of major editing, you know, to be done with this movie. But, um, Brad, tell us a little bit of kind of your history with this, like when you first saw it and, and all that. So I, it's funny as you play the trailer, I vividly remember that. And I was in college and I just remember seeing it at the time. I did not see it in the theater. I probably would have rented it at Blockbuster kind of on one of those Friday nights, like, you know, college summers where you're just catching up on things. Um, and I'll say this. No, it is. Is it is it a cinematic masterpiece? Not in any way. <laughs> but there was something just so stupidly entertaining yeah. and kind of um, in watching it again. I don't want to use the word campy because it, it's it, I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow can do camp, to be honest. Right. But I think that's also what makes it campy, too. You know, there um, as you said, there somewhere in it is a good movie like I don't know. Good movie. But but perhaps a better movie and and i think that's in the like the airline ensemble kind of thing but exactly it feels like it just had 50 studio executives hands in it trying to edit it to make it legally blonde sex in the city just Mm -hmm. like a little bit of everything to everybody but in that respect it's like sort of like my showgirls you know like i just kind of love the the crass studio filmmaking of it yeah. that is just like just so cynical give us your dollars look we're putting gwyneth in a push-up bra yeah and and has that aged the way you know kind of in hindsight especially miramax and all that no but i still hold on to that that kind of crass delight that it gave me that first time you know i mean bless the early 2000s when miramax carted out gwyneth after getting her oscar <laughs> in 99 and spent Upwards to $30 million on this movie. Something that would never happen now. 100%. Can we take a moment to that? RIP back when $30 million was yeah. spent on a movie yeah. like mm-hmm. this that doesn't involve, yeah. you know, superheroes or any, anything like that. Not And nothing against those. But, you know, on a rom-com. An original, yeah, an original comedy. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I felt like watching it, like, the the character, these actors that are in it, they're all so good. Yeah, we know Christina Applegate can. We know she can do comedy out of the park. Kelly I'm wearing Preston, a Christina Applegate T-shirt yes, right indeed. now. Actually, Kelly it. Preston can kill it. You know, like I said, she's doing such a great job as this like mother figure to the two of them. Gwyneth, obviously, Candace Bergen. 
I feel like can be so funny. There is a moment and I, I don't even think that this movie deserves a blooper reel over the closing credits, but they got one. And yeah. in the blooper reel, there's a, a moment with Candace Bergen and the dog, and Candace Bergen says, how long do dogs live? I laughed harder at that than anything she said in the whole movie. And I was like, her character needed to be that. Her character needed to be – because first of all, what is this – This famous flight, flight attendant. Flight attendant mogul. Yeah. I love that character. I I yeah. With the misdirect too of like at the end of the day, her marriage is what kind of got her everything that she was. So Mm -hmm. are we like convincing them to be escorts or like what is what is the goal here? And but I agree with you. I feel like Candace Bergen. I mean, again, as you know, go into Gwyneth called it a money Mm, grab. This was definitely a money grab for Candace too. But I feel like she winks a few times in it where she's like, "Can you believe what I'm doing?" Right. There's even a line when like at the end when she she sees her in the airport in paris and she's mm-hmm. like she says something like oh yeah it's so excited to be on these flights all the time or like just basically <laughs> like this is my life you know what I mean? right right like, and you know spe- uh, speaking of her character and kind of a little bit of a misdirect the ending of this movie and i guess the moral of this movie is crazy yeah so crazy. I mean, she doesn't ultimately give up her dreams, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So um, we need to start at the very well, beginning. Well, first, when I watched this movie, so I did not see this in the theater. Uh-huh. I was oh, very yeah, excited for it. it. Yeah. Definitely did not come anywhere near my small town theater, because I'm sure that this was – this came and gone. This came and went probably within three weeks. Yeah. Oh, this is dumped of in its like an eight, theatrical April. release. Yeah. But <laughs> I was working at the video store at the time in my small town. And do you remember working at video stores? You would sometimes get preview copies from like Rent Tracker anywhere that sent out videotapes to rent this would be like you should buy this oh sure, sure. and i remember watching it that way uh-huh. so i watched it Ooh. before the video release fully with the text scrawl of the the 1-800 number if you are watching this and did you enjoy it and did you enjoy it no i'm asking you did you enjoy oh no it? like oh what i was saying that the 1-800 number of yeah. if you found this somewhere call this number because you <laughs> shouldn't have it uh-huh. because right. it was like for promotional stuff so and i do think and i do think that i enjoyed it I mean, it's one of those things that I love Gwyneth Paltrow. I personally do have a fascination with flight attendants. I have ever since I was a little boy of just how pretty the women looked, how handsome the guys looked, just a handsome pilot. I was very fascinated just with the airline industry. So maybe I just wanted to be Gwyneth when she's like in her (laughs) royal blue suit. I don't know. Sure. And the little pillbox hat. Um, That's funny. So uh, I... we need to talk about like every aspect of this movie because I'm fascinated. This poster. Oh, this is poster is out of control. Amazing. And I specifically am speaking about again, the amazing, iconic Candace Bergen. I don't know whose body this is. I don't know how old <laughs> this woman is. This this paper doll. Any of those but any of this paper doll body. figure Candace that they have Bergen in particular. Candy's he- uh, looks head on insane on the poster of this movie. And I cannot get over it. Um, And I didn't notice until watching it and seeing how they shafted Kelly Preston that she's – I thought she was in the uniform as everybody else, but she's in her crappy, you know, discount – Sierra Air. Sierra Airlines Mm -hmm. uniform. Um, 
do these kind of, uh, you know, fly by night, (laughs) pun intended, airlines exist. Who knows? They may have in the past, but I don't know. Um, So these flashbacks that this movie starts off on, illustrating that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, her name is... Donna. Donna Jensen. Donna Jensen. And they say it a lot. They yes, say Donna Jensen a lot, Donna's. a lot in this movie. So okay. I feel it was like focused to be like, what's a poor name of like white trash? Like they literally focused group. So we need this. we need to talk a little bit about Donna Jensen. She's from Silver Springs, Nevada. She's got this Blanche Devereaux accent. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's doing with the voice, but she's from and she kind of loses Nevada. it uh, after the first twenty minutes of the movie too. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, like. Uh, and there's so many ways to go with this, but so we'll, you know, get to Gwyneth at some point. But I mean, <laughs> the first is like Patrician Gwyneth Paltrow yes. is like, yes. should be as close to this as like the Queen of England <laughs> should be to this. And I love Gwyneth too, but, you know, there are parts, I mean, you know, Country Strong comes to mind. Right. There's, there's Gwyneth Lane and there's not Gwyneth Lane. Yeah, yeah. And, this is not Gwyneth Lane. I, kinda, I think Brad, the research consisted I, I of. I kind of like ends. Country Strong, though. <laughs> Honestly, split ends. I love it. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of like Country Strong. Yes. Well, you know, I remember being a staunch defender of Country Strong <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> I will say her her singing voice is lovely. Um, okay, so they're illustrating how you know she just came from this poor background, and it's like on the one hand, yes, she's in a trailer. But you know what? The first scene of this poor, sad, horrible, disgusting life of hers is a birthday party that her mother's giving her with a cake that looks homemade, presents, family surrounded. And what? It was windy because you were out in the trailer park? It's like, dude. Her mother is an ex-showgirl, and she seems kind of fun to me. She seems like a good time. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, she could have had Reese Witherspoon's life in Freeway. I kept thinking yeah. that. I'm like, this is nothing compared yeah. to that. And Reese was plucky as the day is long. I know. You're out here complaining. Yeah. You know? Or, uh, or you know, Drop Dead Gorgeous. A hundred percent. She which, could have. You know, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the next time we see the mom, it's like, yeah, the stepdad, you know, the mom's been married five times, I think. And she, the stepdad's drunk on the couch. But the mom's coming over with the plate of burgers. Full, you know, like you got food in your belly and a birthday cake. I'm like, you're good to go, lady. I love movie poor, though. <laughs> yeah, movie poor. And also, it, uh, it's kind funny. of a cute trailer. Like, there's a pink interior. It had, like, shed carpet. Totally. And the brother from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the nice brother, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he clearly was over the dad, too. Yeah. You know, or his yeah, stepbrother. The stepbrother. They should have banded together. Yes. I agree. I mean, again, it's like the studio basically looks like a Joan Crawford Christmas card, but like they were trying <laughs> to do like white trash trailer, but yeah. like no concept of like what, you know, and I, I don't mean to, because I want to get into that, too, to toss off white trash. Like mm-hmm. they, that I'm talking about from their point of view, right, right. their cynical point of view. Yeah. You know, um, and it just really like, yeah, watching it back this time, Pete, I definitely yeah. agree with you with that. Like, and, you know, I'm ashamed to admit there were parts of it the watching it in college that I was just like, I didn't get the, the just the complete cynicism yeah. of like what small town life is. <laughs> and then like <laughs> later know? on when she's at, you know, this like lovely house at Christmas and she's just like, well, my family just was always, you know, was always mm-hmm. yelling. And I was like, were they, though? I yeah. didn't see that. 
I mean, and like talk about the benefits of a good, good job at Big Lots. I mean, like nowadays people would kill for that kind of job, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is getting ahead of ourselves, but still. You know? I'm very fascinated with this Big Lots that you can only work there if you have a name that sounds like the department that you work in. Alliterative name and department. I don't know why Donna isn't in, like, dining. (laughs) Dishware. Dresses. Dresses. (laughs) What are the the other two that that they say? Because she... Well, Donna, Donna gets a job at the Big Lots, at the local Big Lots. She's dating uh, Riley from Buffy. Mark (laughs) Belukas. Do you remember Mark Mark Belukas? Mark Mark Belukas, who... What's he doing? I feel like he's probably on an NCIS. Oh, I'm I'm going for, like, Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This has got to be the first and last time that Gwyneth Paltrow has ever set foot in a Big Lots. Yes, uh, if, I did. <laughs> if that was the location, was, oh like, no, uh, she probably thought it was fake. They made it up for the. They made it up for the movie. <laughs> we don't have clearance yet, Gwyneth. It's just a poor store. <laughs> I mean, it's literally. <laughs> but also, this is you know to put it in cinematic context. This was at that hype too of like, you know, poor porn in rom coms of like remember Hope floats. Or not oh, before, sure. but that idea of like the rugs ripped out under from you in the small town. Didn't Natalie Portman have a movie like that too? Where the heart is? You know, have this movie just view from the top copies every other movie. I feel like the first act is like copying those ones of right. like we're just setting, ripping the rug out from under her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So Don is dating Riley from Buffy, and he, yeah. he breaks up with her on her birthday in her birthday card that he's trying to slip into her locker. And she catches it. She thinks he's having an affair with one girl from Big Lots, but it turns out it's a different girl from Big Lots. And um, she just kind of has this epiphany that she's going to... Well, she's sitting in her local bar. I'm not, what, I'm not sure what she's doing at this table at this bar. Like, I don't know. She's organizing her life at this bar table. And she sees Candy. Ripping up her mail. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And she sees Candy Bergen on the TV doing an interview about a book. And this poses that this movie exists in a universe. First, where September 11th didn't happen, which I find fascinating. Coming from, like, 2003. Yeah. And Uh that this flight attendant that Candy Bergen is, is just this... Very famous motivational speaker. That is so interesting. She's a mogul. She's mm-hmm. like, she's a mogul. She's like a Martha Stewart, but uh, a flight attendant, right? Yeah, I pictured her like Angelian or like one of those. Sure. Kind of, like, I know she was an actress, but like, was she? I want to say Anita Bryant, but that I don't oh, go geez. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of those like. They modeled for like Sunkissed or, or something. Yeah, like, yeah. like you know, or like, like a Miss America, like, that, like a former you know? Miss America from the seventies. How they would, they would get on like yeah. different strokes or something. Total, a few yeah. Hollywood Christmas yeah. parades hosted, yes. and then all of a sudden you have yeah. a you know this is her version of a QVC uh, or yes. you know her um, book about a Marianne Mobley type. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah definitely. Um, so she sees. So she sees. Candace Bergen and kind of gets inspired. She gets inspired. She buys the book and she goes and finds a job at Sierra Airlines. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> In another trailer. Trailer mm-hmm. to trailer. Yes. Yes. The whole airline like headquarters is this trailer <laughs> like on blocks. I find the backgrounds of this movie to be very interesting when you see sh- scenes like this because this is when, oh, they did a digital like background of this that they would even bother for a movie like this to do a digital background sure 
Yeah, like the, the mm-hmm. all the Lake Havasu stuff, I definitely was. I think they figured you'd be distracted by Leanne Rhymes or Jody Messina <laughs> or whoever is telling us to be empowered and love ourselves, oh, you know? Oh, Louise. The soundtrack was very interesting. I noticed a lot of covers. The soundtrack is on iTunes they- for free oh, to listen so- to. I was listening to it today on my walk. You know what? In fairness to them, this was before. I personally think monster with charlize theron and uh christina ricci mm-hmm. started the revival of don't stop oh Eden. yeah sure. definitely and so i think mm-hmm. this technically yes, would have been is. filmed before yeah, that you're right. so they yeah. do get credit for starting a current trend that they I didn't think we're still they didn't actually get steve perry's vocals but they got a cover band yeah cover band. Uh, you're right you're right you're yeah right. it's a strange cover it's definitely not uh, journey or if it is journey it might be the sound of like mm-hmm. new guy yeah it's definitely not yeah, yeah. exactly you're, it's you're journey right. you're yeah. right about this kind of beat monster Pre-dating, to the yeah. punch of uh don't stop believing uh-huh and a full 10 years or whatever mm-hmm. happened before glee, glee pounded yeah. it to the pavement oh my god yeah you know? and that's such a big moment for charlie's theron in monster when they're in the bar and that song oh. It, they roller skate to yeah. it, don't they? Am I? Mm-hmm. Did I remember? Yeah, it's oh. kind of like their song together. I, I mean, it's oh, wow. up there. One of the most romantic moments ever <laughs> in film. Yeah, and in this movie, it's actually kind of woven into the score a little bit. A hundred percent. Yes. It's it's uh, don't stop believing in time after time. After time yeah. uh, have you guys heard that song? I know I was going to say that. There's this great song, "Time After Time," in it <laughs> <What>? too. <laughs> Never heard that one. It was it, it was it was just our it was just our wedding song. You know. I, think well, I, have, I think I may have heard of it. So uh, these Judy, and not the Cindy Lauper version. Sorry, we have to say that. Yes, too. again, this another cover. Yeah. So these Judy Jetson Hooker flight attendant outfits. I like can't. what is this fabric of this yeah. uniform? Yeah. Well, they they call they call attention to the fact that that real quote unquote airlines that their uniforms are made of natural fibers. She meant she mentions that. Yeah. So she calls out that these out that these outfits. Brad, are made did you of. look up who the costume designer of this movie is? <laughs> I should have. I bet it's Patricia Field. It's I'm Mary Zofries. Sure <laughs> Mary Zofries is kind of a big deal. Like she did. She did the original Black Widow uniform. Oh, she wow. did Enid and Rebecca in Ghost World. Oh, wow. Wow. A few years before wow. this. And, yeah, she was, like, nominated for an Oscar for La La Land. So kind of a very, like, prolific contemporary costume designer of just sort of wow. whenever – like Mona May from Clueless, whenever you sort of want to elevate mm-hmm. something that's contemporary, Mary Zofries is usually the woman that's brought on to do it. Wow. I think they – they were successful with dressing these three, you yeah. know, uh, Christina Applegate, Gwyneth, and uh, uh, Kelly, Kelly. Kelly Preston. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were very successful in kind of showing us these characters. I kind of want know, more who, of who these, these girls are. I kind of want more of these three characters together. Yeah, I feel like they. Christina was a, her character. It's like we get it, but she didn't really have a lot to like. I don't know script wise. I feel like we didn't really get. No, this is when she was still hauling the heavy weight as the side friend, trying to, you know, yeah. she wasn't fully... Res- I, I remember she did Jesse, and then she kind of disappeared, mm-hmm. and then popped up in all these, like, about this sweetest thing. There was yeah. another one, too. Um, I can't remember right now. Was it the big hit? Was that Marky Mark movie that That's she was Marky in, Mark too? That's a Marky Mark movie. She you remember she, just, yeah. she would steal scenes, but, yes, like, with, yeah. with, based on nothing right. that she was yeah. given. And especially in this movie that Christine Applegate is really selling the shit out of this terrible script. That she's kind of good in this movie. (laughs) 
I, I agree. I agree. It's funny that you talk about Kelly Preston too, because you know how they did the the Kevin can go fuck himself with like the Annie Murphy that idea of like that tropey sitcom uh, wife. Sure, yeah. I feel like Kelly Preston or like Rita Wilson could do that in movies. Yes. They, like, yeah. Have they ever like? I feel like they the last well rest in peace. Yeah. The, the last it's been twenty years of just nothing, thankless yep. roles of nothing yeah. of like. Are you there? To, what are you there to really do? Like you know? the bitchy, no <laughs> the bitchy girlfriend and Jerry Maguire. Totally, mm-hmm. nothing's passing the Beck Beckdell test. You know? <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> like <laughs> of these roles, though, like I, I feel sorry for her because I feel like in the eighties she. Yeah. You know, when she was yeah, like a young kid, yeah, she, yeah, there was a spark there, you know? Yeah. Maybe it gets to the point when you're the wife of just like a superstar that you're just like, I mean, I'll act when I want sure. to for I'll, something that I'll really... I'll act if it's like a, if I can just travel for a week and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't yeah. know. Another thing I mentioned about Kelly Preston and R.I.P. Love you, Kelly. But those jugs in this movie, I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. those can't be real. I, I thought one. it was a water bra. I it, just assumed her, right? I was like, smacked me in the face. I was like, oh my goodness. Especially, especially next to Gwyneth, surfboard. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, we got to go back to, I, you know, her costumes, I guess you're right. I get just so kind of distracted by Gwyneth's hair and makeup and the yes, idea yes, of like yeah. what Gwyneth kind of constitutes. Because, you know, she, at that level already in her career she's having heavy input with sure. her mm-hmm. makeup and hair yeah and her version is like lined lips and split ends is like her jennifer lawrence and winter's bone right Do you know what I mean? the lined lips <laughs> like, were crazy yeah they're very heavy in some scenes not so much in others but it was a lot in some of the scenes was, like what is your lipstick purple and then what is like a black liner it was weird. and also just her crazy vegas moose moosed up look on her forehead of like her bangs Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i get that they're going for this like kind of you know kooky character a little you know a little bit in the in the vein of like a you know romy white kind of a thing Mm -hmm. that they're just you know over the top with their looks but yeah you're right gwyneth probably did have a lot of input into it and i feel like her personal style as donna was a little kind of scattered you know, because it was like at some points it was really, you know, over the top and crazy and like teased out, you know, hair and blowouts and back combed. But then all of a sudden it's like 360 and now she's super like kind of refined. And I don't know if that's the job in showing growth. But yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, evolution. Yeah. I, mean, I think, you know, one of the things that unintentionally can't be things about it, too, is that. The whole movie, it kind of doesn't take place in the right time, as you yeah. said, Scott. Like, it's like this golden age of flying that 9-11 killed, but it's mm-hmm. also this golden age of, like, the 60s when, yes. like, being that kind of prim and proper flight attendant was something that, you know, I still think in the late 90s you were getting peanuts thrown at you on yeah. Delta yeah. by, like, some woman who couldn't wait to just go to sleep. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this whole idea of what this lifestyle that she wants is certainly not conducive to 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. right. you know? I mean, you're spending $30 million on this movie, Miramax. Why don't you just set it in the sixties? Yeah. I, 
Yeah, I don't get it. I truly feel like, and I hate to even say his name, but that's where I stay the crassness, like of this. Like that Weinstein is just like, oh, we have Gwyneth. She's yeah. gonna be hot. Yeah, We're putting her in a push-up bra. <laughs> and put like asses female in the Female empowerment shit. Yeah. You know, uh, they live your dreams. And like, literally, that was the thought that went into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and then also this director who I'm not familiar with at all. He's married to Amy Irving. Or at the time, married married to Amy Irving. Um, Brazilian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just watching this movie. And I'm I'm not super technical when it comes to, you know, cinema and all that. So I'm not talking about, like, shots and F-stops and everything. But I'm watching it and I'm thinking, this... I don't know about this direction. I feel like this direction is just weird. Uh, very kind of static and just not, just not very dynamic at all. You know, um, it's it just seemed like I don't know. There just wasn't a lot to. Uh, I don't know. Like it was just kind of a job, kind of a thing. Like we're just all in here. We're, we're factory. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna bang this out in a month. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's kind of what I got out of it from from just yeah. visually looking at it. And what what we're not hitting you over the head with Gwyneth's voiceover will um, fully flesh out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the voiceover too. At, at one point in the movie, which I felt like we're pretty far in, I was like, Has "This voiceover been going on the whole time? <laughs> like, what what is going yeah. on?" Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, in, in my mind, I like to think that you know everything starts off good. Like the writer had a kind of fun subversive script and there are a few winks at it um and the director had a different idea and then just the studio system and by that i mean i really do believe at this level because gwen is coming off an oscar she's and her and harvey were like a team i don't Mm -hmm. you know nothing i'm not talking personal but i mean in terms of the filmmaking yeah and so i believe that the writer and director were to shut shut the f out yeah you know totally um Mark Ruffalo gets introduced. Ah, Mark Ruffalo is so movie. cute in this movie. He is so cute. Mm-hmm. He is adorable. I uh, again had not seen it, so I'm watching it, going, "What in the hell? <laughs> Where did he come from?" I mean, I think that probably Mark Ruffalo. I mean, he would have just been coming off of a movie like "You Can Count on Me." Yes, which, I think. Let's have a moment of. I think I love yeah. That movie <laughs> and then Laura Linney are really good as brother and sister in that movie. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and, um, you know, he plays this super nice guy, you know, uh, immediately the Christina Applegate character is, like, trying to get all up on him and shoving her boobs in his face and all that, and he's just, like, he's zeroing in on Gwyneth, which it's, like, I don't know, it, I don't know how much of a nice guy move it is to be, like, well, I'm not going to focus on this beautiful woman, I'm going to focus on this beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> he can sense that she's trouble. She's he good. senses a good spirit. There you go. He, yeah. yeah, she's good in her heart, and, and he picked the right one. Um but I have a lot to say about how much of a good guy he is based on his later actions. <laughs> yeah. In the He's not very happy for her when she retakes her test and gets to go to New York and work for the nicer airline. Yeah. I have problems well, with that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, can we talk about his storyline too of just like, like I was top of my class and I did, de- you know, I was, I was stupid enough to, to, to dare think about dreams and happiness, mm-hmm. but don't worry. That's gone now. Now that I've yeah. met you, I'm, I'm back to, to it's kind to of one of those tone. Capitalism, it's you know? one of those tone <laughs> death character beats that I'm kind of glad has been phased out of movies now uh, that you don't really see characters like this now. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. 
Um, so we kind of meet him at the beginning, but uh, again, it's one of those things where he kind of comes and goes. He's not like all the way there. It's just one, you know, one cute scene. And, and I love cute. how they talk about Cincinnati like it is the most white trash city in America. Oh, like you, Cleveland like you're really at rock bottom. Oh, Cleveland! You're really at rock bottom when you're living in in like Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's so insulting to Cleveland. That's what I mean. There's just this whole kind of you can see the roots of where kind of some of the red state hatred towards yeah. Yeah. the Hollywood elites yeah. kind of can come from. You know, not to go so dark with it, but. There is a real, like, we're so much better than you in your shitty waiting area of life and, yeah. you know, go eat your fast food and dream <laughs> about service and shut yeah. up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Because these three characters, they become this kind of, like, trio. You know, Kelly Preston, is, you know, shows Gwyneth or shows Donna the ropes and Donna becomes this great flight attendant and then Donna gets a new you know, recruit and she shows Christina Applegate, Christine, she shows Christine the ropes. So now the three of them are like besties and they're, you know, just on this like shitty commuter, you know, airline that has like shag carpet on the walls of the bulkhead and the plane and all that, but they're happy, right? They're happy with their little station. And then Mm -hmm. we see these other flight attendants. Did you recognize who one of the other flight attendants are is? I, I did not. It's Kate. I Cap- have, it's I... Kate Capshaw. Kate, no, it's Kate Capshaw's daughter, daughter. Jessica. Uh, Jessica Capshaw. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Capshaw. Um, she's yeah. She's like the main. She's like the head bitch of like the three flight attendants. And you know that's when Gwyneth is just like, hmm. You know their their uniforms aren't polyester and they don't have like cutouts she has to her, show their cleavage. She has her big inspiring speech. We are every bit as good as they are. We, we are. are. And we don't have to spend the rest of our lives working at Sierra for some Weasley ex-bookie. You know, I once worked for Pan Am. Three whole months. Uniforms were natural fiber. What happened? They went bust. So you started working for Sierra? They needed me a job and nobody else was hiring. Well, they're hiring now. Royalty Airlines Job Fair this weekend at the Marriott Hotel, San Francisco. This could be so good. Who's in? Yeah. And you yeah. know, it's cool that she includes them. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we should all go and like, let's all take this test and see if we can like make it big, you know, get in this like legit, you know, airline, whatever. They go do this. And yeah, right away, Kelly Preston. Fa- okay. Why, why does she fail out of like the testing? I think that it just... Did it have to do with Mike Myers in the interview? I think that she's. Just... I think it's age discrimination. Sure, right. Honestly, and they're just they don't want to say it. Yeah, um, we. This is where we bring in Mike Myers. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that we kind of forget about this, but at one time in Hollywood, yeah. Mike Myers was one of the biggest paid male actors in the industry and just a huge box office draw. How do you like that? I mean, this is like getting Bill Murray at this time, like yeah, getting him yeah. in this movie, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, do I like that? I, don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the big character choice—it's like, okay, he's got a wandering, well, not a wandering eye, but you know, he's Just cross-eyed, or beating right. one joke into the ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, which he, you know, he's famous for, and yeah. and 
the visual, like the humor based on things people can't control. Like you think of Fred Savage's right. character, right? In, yeah. Uh, the Austin Penn gold member or even yeah. fat bastard. Like his humor has not aged. Well, yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. It can know? be a little mean spirited. And then, um, you know, there's a couple of, you know, there's Mike Myers scenes where they're showing him off. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the interview sequence, there is a montage and in the training sequence, there's a montage and they're heavily improved montages where he's saying things that are just, they're just like, go Mike Myers, go do your thing. And some of them are Christina Applegate is like throwing back answers, yeah. you know, yeah. um, some of them, Kelly Preston just kind of looks a little scared and yeah. some of them, you know, but there are these, these montages with him doing the improv stuff. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. All of it's based on yeah, the eye. Yeah, it's just it's also what's the what's the reason? Like like there's no kind of like there's nothing grounding like like if it's like a tonally different movie too, which that's, I think goes yeah, back yeah, to that. Yeah, that's what I'm that thinking. That was probably closer to the movie they wanted to right. make. Yeah. Exactly. That was yeah, that was my point. I think it's it feels really kind of out of step with the rest of the movie, but I think at one point that the whole movie was, was going to be, be like that. Yeah the tone uh kind of side note on mike myers i love all of these stories with mike myers with crew that work with them of all of these things that (sighs) that, like you can't look mike myers in the eyes totally like he's one of those yeah like christian bale stuff like he would scream too i mean there's Mm -hmm. been nothing not a lot of good stuff said about him very demanding i remember when um dana carvey was on stern and howard brings up the dr evil character of just like, well, I heard that you kind of created that voice and that personality. And Dana is just like, yep. And you can yep. just tell, like, this has been years of therapy that Dana Carvey's yep. had to do to accept that Mike Myers just lifted that character from him. It's, it's his Lorne Michaels impression. Yeah. Totally. I picture Mike Myers, because I know he's he's been married to his wife for like ever and i picture him like jay leno they them him and it's him and his wife they're holed up in their like billion dollar mansion (laughs) and every comedian every colleague hates them like with a passion and they've just come to terms with that and they buy another car every time (laughs) someone curses them i don't think that he's married to robin anymore i think uh, i think she divorced him yeah Yeah. Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't know. It's it, it yeah, the the scenes it makes the movie feel a little little disjointed. Um but also it also makes me think that hey, maybe there was something different in there. And you know, talking about the um the blooper reel that's at, at over the credits at the very end, there's a shot of Christina Applegate falling when as she's sitting on a bench on the boat. That shot's in the trailer. Yeah, that shot's in the trailer, and it's like an outtake, and it's like okay, but they're kind of trying to illustrate like it's wacky, and these girls are clumsy, and like Mike Myers is screaming, and all of that. So it's like, yeah, maybe, it, maybe it could have gone. So we were watching some of the featurettes on the DVD, and when they would talk about the movie, like when Kelly Preston was talking about working on it and working with Gwyneth, they were really talking about just how crazy and insane the script was. And just, like, how much fun it was. So that kind of makes me think, oh, this was cut when this was going to be a late 2001 movie. That you're going to try to do this broad comedy. And you can kind of see that in the featurettes. 
Yep. Yeah, I think it was more ensemble. I think it was probably like Rob Lowe, you know, had a bigger part. Yeah. I think it was set in the world of like pilots and flight attendants. And then 9-11 changed it all. And I truly believe the success of Legally Blonde changed it all too. Yeah. And Harvey went back in and was like, I want my Legally Blonde, make make this, cut this, so make it more Gwyneth-centered. Right. You know? Um, and it just clearly everyone's in a different movie, even Ruffalo. I feel like yeah, he's definitely. in a different, Absolutely. you know, like, um, but that's kind of the fun of it too. I'm not going to lie. No, yeah. it is because it does, it does kind of make it a little bit more interesting. It just makes it this, this chaotic mess. <laughs> this, and, and, to, you know, to go back to Gwyneth, do I think this is a, she's good in this movie? Not in any way, but do <laughs> I always think Gwyneth is compulsively watchable? Yes. Of course. Like, yeah, I do. She just is, you know, there's some, she's she never a movie been really bad that, in, know, a, in a movie. Yeah. When, and no matter what I, the, her, to me, like her realm is great expectations. Is, yeah. You yeah. know, um, even Shakespeare in love is not my favorite. I, she needs to play the bitchy, like, you know, better than you. And no one does it better than her. I think, um, but not this, I have you know? to but say, she's still fun to watch. I have to say when she's finally in the, you know, first class, you know, London to Paris uniform, this like Robin's egg blue mm-hmm. with the, yep. with the pillbox hat and, you know, this like wool or whatever it is. When she walks across the screen in this uniform, it's like, yeah, you're like, okay, that's a movie star. Yeah, there's like she star looks quality there. beautiful yep. in this outfit. Yep. She looks like a model, you know. So yeah, there's there's that thing about her that you're just like, yeah, you can watch her on the screen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't get to wear that outfit at first because they take their final exam and she ends up on, you know. What is Royal Airlines? Royal Express. Royal Express. Royal it's like Express. the it's like the, the horizon time. to like Alaska or Delta. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know she's, she's no more Bakersfield to Fresno, but like Cleveland to Cincinnati. So, yeah. How know. do we feel about the one gay character of this movie? <laughs> Truthfully, I will say this, and I will defend this. I the the you know just consider me one of the girls is yeah. like literally like uh, you know. Tropy, tropy, tropy. But I love that they give him a sexual agency scene yeah. where he is able True. to actually be like, that guy's hot. It's not mm-hmm. just, sure. oh, Gwyneth, you're pretty yeah. and just keep believing until everything works out for you. I'm going away now. Yeah. You know, there, there's a little agency. One scene, which also I think hints at that there was more a more subversive script yeah. somewhere in there, you know? But yeah, I mean, it's not even a gay guy, gay actor, which I know this is right. prior to when we cared about that stuff. But I yeah. mean, is it, you know, is he, he fully realized? No. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got like very flouncy hair. It's mm-hmm. like, what is his haircut that he has? It's like, I don't know what's going on. But but you're right, though. You're right. He does. He does, you know, comment on on, you know, male passengers and this and that. So he's getting cruised. You know, there's, yeah. there's a moment centered on him for a second, yeah, yeah. you know, and he says cruising. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay, somebody somebody put that in there because they were like, you know what? I think he'd say this. So, hey. Yes. <laughs> but exactly. um, so she ends up getting, you know, like her apartment in, I'm assuming it's in Cleveland, this this cute little <laughs> apartment that was like. <laughs> Which, can we just say, too, everything's brown in Cleveland? Yes. Too? Did you notice that, too? Like everything is like Formica and yep. just yeah. brown and Wood just walls. Like, 
seventies aunt, the yeah. Ropers. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's got her Eiffel Tower and her like Arc de Triomphe like framed posters. <laughs> Not everywhere. even framed, just like tacked on the wall. <laughs> tacked on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And she has a, yet another meet cute with Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. who is now back in school. And, you know, he was inspired by her. You Donna know, inspired him to go back to law school. Yeah. Yeah. And one dinner. How brave. His life. How brave. <laughs> and just randomly is in, is in Ohio. Yeah, he just runs into her in a cafe. So uh, they spark up a little something. They kind of agree that uh, it, Cleveland is like their waiting room. Their waiting room to life. True. And so in fairness... It's very common that they would run into each other because according to this movie, Cleveland's just a desolate wasteland. <laughs> so there's probably only one cute yeah. coffee shop <laughs> that they could ever see. Otherwise, it's like McDonald's. And, right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or a friendlies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, oh, what was I going to say? Okay. So we get uh, we get a little shot. She's doing really well. At the Express Airline. She's not happy, but she's doing well. She's kicking ass. She's mm-hmm. employee of the month. Yeah. And she accepts her plot in life. Yes. And she works hard. Yes. yes. Which yeah. is what she was doing at, you know, the little one. Before. She wanted to, she was very adamant that I need to look at my test. And they're like, no, you just have to, you just have to deal with it. Accept it. And mm-hmm. she accepted mm-hmm. it and was going to work hard to get hard. to her a dream job at Royal Airlines. But I love the yeah. scene that we get uh, when she meets Christine. You know, Christina was another one of those situations where she's like, well, they had mechanical problems, so they just dumped us here, you know, in this piece of shit garbage town of Cleveland. And, um, you know, Christine's she, come a long way. Oh, has she? Um, and so she has dinner with, with Donna and. Um, and Mark Ruffalo. And I love when she tells the story and she says that, you know, she had a problem customer with something that wouldn't fit in the overhead. And she said, I thought to myself, what would Donna do? So I told him, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. check it or get the hell out of here. And, the, and just the way Gwyneth goes, that's not what I want to say. I love her little bit of acting when she pours out her purse and all the liquor falls out. <laughs> I like I like how Christina plays that scene. Yeah. I'm just fun. like, who wants to do shots? We can do that's, shots. That's, that's very <laughs> Kelly Bundy. We could just I mean, I feel like Christine. Christine is like the the Anne Hathaway and Les Miserables character here. She's just so wrongfully <laughs> accused, and so I mean, she's fighting the man, and she's doing, she's taking a little crumb for herself. I a mean, little booze, are they going to miss like, all of those liquor bottles? Just, Probably not. I mean, you think the conglomerate of what's it called paradise air or whatever is <laughs> right. going to notice that like a few Jack Daniels bottles are missing, and they they literally humiliate her because of this yeah i well i mean it would have come out that she did uh fake the test and steal donna's you know testing number or id number to pass the test so once that came out she probably would have been fired or at least demoted at the very least did we see any study groups? How do we know that Gwyneth didn't try to help? You know, I'm just saying, we don't know every circumstance. <laughs> Gwyneth seems to just have this natural effervescence. And people like Christine aren't born with that. That's what are you true. supposed to do? Yeah, that's true. You know? They could have let them both retake the test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. You're but right. she, did need, right. she did need to be punished for ruining Gwyneth's life for six months or however long it was. A year. Exactly. Exactly. But um, and introducing her to reintroducing her to this, Mark Ruffalo. This mm-hmm. is true. This is true because what the movie is teaching us is that you're nothing if you don't have a partner. 
Yeah. True. Or that if you're a woman, you cannot have a career and a man. You have to yes. make a choice. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So I think these are strong lessons to be to be learned by by all. Yeah. Of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's because true. it does lead her to you know to this man who who ultimately is her end goal. I don't know. He kind of blends with his character in 13 going on 30. Too, oh so yeah. Just kind of like into just like <laughs> and also I feel like Mark Ruffalo played this similar type of guy and just like heaven with Reese Witherspoon. A hundred percent. I mean, very, I like, literally you could, like you they could, might have just Photoshopped him. Into you could change <laughs> him out of all of these roles of just like nice boyfriend. Nice boyfriend. It, when Luke Wilson couldn't do it, because at this point oh, I yeah. think he was probably like a list, you know. So like then right. it was like, ah, oh, we got Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. I always thought of him as like some like indie like darling, but you're right. He did play a lot of these rom coms mm-hmm. at this time. Very interesting. Um, so you know, we get a, a good year's worth of her life of just like going to his family's Christmas. Um, his who uh, his. Mother, the actress who plays his mother, is the actress who plays Christina Applegate's mother in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I, You know, I couldn't place her face. I'm getting almost like, who is that? I'm seeing Good spot. Yeah. Well, right? that's why I looked it up because I was like, where do I know this lady from? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's the mom from Don't Tell Mom. Um, with their, with their, With their red sweaters. And also what I'm assuming to be is his brother – who uh, took their family picture, like, in this scene. I, I, it's a family stone home for the right, holidays. Yes, it's home. very... I mean, that's a whole other movie in itself, very too, family that they stone. kind of wedged into this in some way. Um, the grandma yeah, with, like, early-onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> or just about right-time onset, because mm-hmm. she's pretty old. But, um, but, yeah, but the actor who plays the brother in this scene is the actor from Roseanne that beat up Aunt Jackie. I was like, no, I still haven't forgiven him. <laughs> Fred? No, Fisher. It's, Fred? it's Fisher. Fred oh, was Fisher. the one she married. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah, I was like, no. Uh, we, we hate him. Did you have wow. <laughs> I, you're, did you have to look that up too, or you recognized no, him? No, I recognized him. You just recognized him. Yeah. You I'm a big good. I'm a you big Roseanne, good. like yeah, apologist. <laughs> but um at at any rate. You know, we kind of get this whole idea that she's, like we said, she's she's doing the best with this station that she's at right now. And she's excelling, you know. She has yeah. her cute apartment, which is cute from the inside, but there is one establishing shot where he's pulling up to the apartment. And it kind of looks like one of those kind of, you know, small little mm-hmm. two-story apartment complexes. And I'm like, ooh, it looks way cuter from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Cleveland, what can I tell you? What do you want? Yeah. That's a nice apartment. It's just hell. Yeah, yeah. It's just garbage. Um, Do you think Gwyneth's been to Cleveland? Oh. Oh, I don't know. And not like stopping there. Sure. Not refueling at a private airport. (laughs) I mean, actually sat down at Cleveland. In Ohio. Has, I mean, I'm sure that Gwyneth Gwyneth has been to the state of Ohio. But has she, though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Did she ever... Maybe she went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when she was married to Chris Martin. That's in in Cleveland. So was Coldplay ever uh, play at one of those ceremonies? I know they're not in it, but they may have played or, (laughs) or, or, you know, he may have, like, presented something 
at a, at an induction ceremony. That's a good point. It's the only reason I would That's think that point. she she could have gone. You know that whole thing with Gwyneth that she doesn't remember a majority of her filmography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. Yeah know for a fact that she probably does remember making this movie. Like, this movie probably is burned into her brain of, oh, that stupid flight attendant movie that I did. I can never forget. I think, I agree, and I think that there was a little bit of, like, and this is this is pure speculation, obviously, but, like, remember, it was, like, the aughts, and it was all about, like, 2000, especially, it was about that kind of gaudy glamour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that she recruited it. Like, she wanted to sure. be able to be J-Lo a little bit, but yeah. not, you could not <laughs> be able to be. So this was, like, her version of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, her kind of Carrie Bradshaw, too, a little yeah. bit, which in 2000 was, you know, before SJP kind of became prim and proper, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and, and the Aaron Brockovich of it all. So I agree with you. I think this was a vanity piece. I don't think she ever thought this was an elevated thing. This was like, right. you know, I can do anything J-Lo can do. Yeah, yeah. And probably also uh, she might have thought it was a good uh, vehicle to show off, like, comedy maybe. <laughs> well, right. especially around the time when she actually filmed this movie, which would have been shot sort of mid to late 2001 she would have just been coming off of something like shallow Hal. totally so she was just like you guys i can do comedy i was told i was really funny on snl she actually was kind of funny when she was on snl she was really funny well when she plays again patrician bitches yeah she's really (laughs) funny like that's what she's great like she should play the like what she tried to in the horrible politician but i'm like she would be great as like jessica walter's character in Mm -hmm. arrested development she's very good with that or dramas like that you know like talented mr ripley and uh that's her her wheelhouse you know but i don't like any of the marvel stuff i don't like anywhere she's human it's just not you know (laughs) know, i I don't believe it i think she's really good playing off robert downey jr that those two scenes together in iron man have a very old hollywood like uh, Spencer and Tracy and Tracy yeah. quality about them. Yeah. See, I thought more little Lord Fauntleroy and <laughs> Eloise together, you know, but, oh. um, but no, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> she's again, she's, she's comfortable on camera, yeah. you know, and she really is. She's Gwyneth. <laughs> she's Gwyneth. And and again, I love about that about her. Like, there's no Anne Hathaway. Like, I'm sorry, you hate me. I'm yeah, sorry. She's yeah, like, no, no. She just doesn't I've care. Been to every hot guy in Hollywood. Yep. I'm richer than you. I'm hotter than you. And now my life's even better. Than she yours. just can't you know be bothered. I mean? She doesn't care what you think of her. She doesn't. And I admire that. You know, there's no focus grouping there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's true. That is a very kind of admirable like aspect of her personality. That's just like I I can't be bothered to give any fucks of what you poor think of me. It's like if you can't afford it, then you can't afford it. You know, I'm sorry that Jade in your vagina gave you toxic shock. It's not my problem. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. But um all right. So, you know, she meets up with Candy Bergen. And they kind of discover the test drama that she was gooped by Christina Applegate. Because of the heart eyes. The dot yes. she dots her eyes mm-hmm. with little hearts. And we Candace Bergen Ooh. decides that yes, I can get I can get you the test results. I'll get them faxed over. We take a look at them and it's not her test. So we figure it out. It was Christine the whole time, who has also been, you know, she Christine. stole the little airplane soaps. 
It's froze. Uh, oh, the airplane s- soap subplot. Um, yes, the airplane soap subplot, which also I don't blame her for. Who wouldn't take a cute soap like that? <laughs> if there was a whole dish of like 30 of them, you know? But I think she took all of them. Oh, you're right, <laughs> bitch. I think she took all, each and every. It's like, yeah, take one. Don't take all you're of right. them. Like, make it seem like you didn't take one or, you know, whatever. True. But, True. um,. Yes, yeah, so because Gwyneth Paltrow, not only does she know every rule in the book, she sticks to every rule in the book, and she's kind of the morality rep- uh, police. She's, she's kind of the morality police for all of her friends too. Yeah, everyone loves that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the best trait in someone. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we find out that you know her test was was stolen from her. She gets to retake it, and. She aces the test. Because of course she does. 100%. Classic Donna. I mean, <laughs> she only. Like it's hard? Yeah, like it's hard. Uh, she only would have gotten assigned New York the first time around, but this time around she gets international. First class international. What does Katy Perry say? With the windows are closed because the door is <laughs> waiting to be opened, you know, or whatever. The, the door is closed until you find the window to open. That's Donna's story. We were laughing at when Donna is walking through the airport in her beautiful royal blue sh- suit. That's the L.A. Convention Center. <laughs> we'd like, who are you trying to fool? That is the Does L.A. Convention Center. Does you say Center. that? I'm like, wow, that, that, you're pro- you are right. That is not the airport. That is not an airport. <laughs> I also love, you know, when she goes into her first flight as uh, first class international, the plane is completely empty except for Christine. How? <laughs> I mean, this movie does exist in a universe where 9-11 didn't happen. Didn't so happen. So she it's could true. very well just have walked in. I don't know. I, I think if she's been she's been fired for theft... From this they practically carried her off with the air marshal. How is she back? <laughs> How is she back on an empty plane before anyone else got to board? Oh, I just wanted to say goodbye. To who? What? I know. I and honestly, she's she's done some irredeemable things, obviously. But does she deserve that send off? And th- is it the best yeah. send off for for Gwyneth? Too? Are we really showing girl power when they're like, it's like beat the bitch down yeah. for what she did, and she doesn't even Christine. Of course, beats her down. Yeah, Chris, yeah, that's the thing. Christina like, is all in on this scene. She was all about pound, pounding Gwyneth's head in that bread roll. We don't know her childhood. She had a rough this is, coming up. This is true. She might have also lived in a trailer park. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, you know, Donna's character gets kind of beat up, and she's all disheveled. This is her first flight, and she's like all disheveled, and like her hair's all messed up. Her hat's gone. So yeah, again, this might have been a leftover from a, you know from an older script or something, but it did seem kind of wildly out of place mm-hmm. for the rest yeah. of the movie. Hundred percent. But um, you know, she gets her wish. She gets to go to Paris. You know, we get our Emily in Paris uh, montage. Oh my god, <laughs> full, full beret, complete with with a beret, a black beret. But she is wearing the. Outfit that she saw in the fashion magazine earlier. Yes, yes. I do love the like. There was the outfit. Then the next page was like, "Get the look for less." And it's like, "Girl, get the look for less." Why not? <laughs> it's true. If you French beauty it. is also smart beauty. Exactly. Too, right? <laughs> exactly. Put a little effort into it. it. Doesn't have to be all effortless. Um, 
So yeah, so she we get her little montage of there, and then we also get the the cute scene where it's her New York apartment, and she's like walking, and the camera pans around. I mean, it's the only yeah. this three sixty. It's the only real directed scene of the entire movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Is the true like. Yeah ring in Mordor like she's finally escaped yes. the hell of the Midwest yes. and she's finally back where she you know she's she's back where she belongs mm-hmm. you know but now she's a single woman who doesn't have no man so mm-hmm. what kind of life is that exactly she goes Paris I just, to go back to that what do you think do you think inspired by all these crappy movies that like like a you know French gays or like French cynical people like what do you think they think when they oh, see some dumb goodness. american girl sitting on a bench with a beret <laughs> kind of like feeding the pigeons or just like staring out like you know like yeah. <laughs> you think they take pictures they should make like an instagram account sure. of that yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah it has to be eye roll central from like actual french <laughs> parisian people just like what is this but i mean you can't even handle like gentrification of downtown Oh, no, I do. So not, if you were like a, you were if, if you were like a French person, you'd be like throwing a baguette at her. <laughs> you know what you do? Sit down next to them and light a cigarette. Right. That's the, <laughs> just like, <gasps> <laughs> right just like gra- graffiti the wall behind them. Yeah, exactly. But um, I digress. Yes, uh, we get you know we get a scene where she's at a friend's home and it's Christmas, Christmas Eve, and she takes you know she answers the phone because the friend is just too busy with her you know family and hosting this party. I almost thought the friend was like Nora Dunn, but that is not yeah. Nora Dunn. No, yeah, I thought of, yeah, but she she's been. A, she's been in a bunch of stuff. I remember her from she's the SNL booker on on um um. Sex in the City that hears that big or Natasha's been talking oh, bad about Carrie okay. like around oh. or she's Natasha's friend. That's how I you know, sadly my <laughs> Sex in the City. Right. Are you excited? <laughs> are you excited for the new Sex in the City? Be honest. I mean, a whole nother conversation. Yeah, I'll I mean, watch without, it. I, but I, I, what's no, the point? I'm not. <laughs> what's the point? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the friends were smart not to do it without each other. Like I, I just don't. I don't see it. But I do can't help my heart skips a beat when they show the paparazzi footage of them like filming. Yeah. And, but so it's like it's it's bittersweet. But I just I don't know. I, I, I'm not behind it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you know what? I heard a rumor that Pat Field is is best friends with. Kim Cattrall, so that's why she's not behind it either. Really? She's been posting like on Instagram wow. pics with Kim Cattrall, like all supporting Kim Cattrall. So oh, I, I love it. you know, maybe they, I maybe they got that. that, maybe they got that gay who does the Gossip Girl costumes. Well, everybody's it. up yeah. in arms that Carrie's mm-hmm. wearing Forever Twenty One in that one paparazzi photo. <laughs> yeah. So they look, you know, I'll probably watch. So I can't, I can't yeah. say about. Of but, course, um, we'll watch. <laughs> Yeah. Will I be invested in it? Probably not. No. Um, so, you know, we get this this call for a Christmas Eve shift, and she looks at the friend, and the friend's taking photos with her family and her kids, and she's just like, she can't let the friend work Christmas Eve. So, she, so you and know, meanwhile, Donna takes the, And meanwhile, you're just like, well, what does she need the hours? Yeah, I was like, That's what, what I'm thinking. What like, well, how has like, the world changed that nowadays you'd be like, bitch, you took that fucking shit from me behind yeah. my back. Like, I need that money. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, 2001 or yeah. fake 2001. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll stay home with my kids. 
Totally. Yeah. So, you know, she uh, she she takes a shift. She's working Christmas Eve alone because she has nobody. Mm-hmm. Apparently, nobody. apparently her whore mother died. You know, yeah. it's, it's well, when you're a spring. successful woman, your yeah. fa- your mother that's not married. I mean, your mother might as well disown you. Exactly. It's just terrible. Exactly. She doesn't yeah. need family anymore. <laughs> no. No, no. So, no. But- I'm sorry. I'm just going to say the, the other funny thing about that is like to get to this parish. So basically you're saying like it's not about the man, I guess it's about the quality of man. So now that she's on the, the first class parish ship, she can meet like a Mr. Big. Is that what the. Yeah. The, may, yeah. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. You know, so yeah. maybe that'll. And there's no discussions of with the Mark Ruffalo character of, well, can't you just move to New York? Or we'll, yeah, like, we'll work maybe, it out somehow. Like, we're like, in love with each other. We'll do long distance or maybe you can just move here. Scott, move the man, move his career. Over her? What was I thinking? What are you talking about? (laughs) For a play career? No. (laughs) That is crazy talk. That's not a real job. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, so, um, well, because, yeah, we kind of, we kind of didn't gloss over it. We we lightly touched on it. But originally when she was like, hey, guess what, you know? This happened. Christine stole my life. I've been living here for nine, ten months when I could have been doing this. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. They're letting me retake the test. I got assigned, you know, the Paris to New York to Paris. And he's just like, well, fine. Fuck off then. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was pit, more pissed that she, you know, took the job than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, than even trying to, to offer solutions or saying, okay, well, I guess we'll work it out. Like, you know, long distance, what's going to happen? Nothing. Just storms out. I guess that, I yeah, guess, I mean, I guess that Cleveland isn't, isn't, isn't this waiting room after all. No. no. <laughs> and, or he's a lawyer that doesn't negotiate, as you said, or like there's yeah. no kind of like middle ground. It's just yeah. like, nope. Guilty or not guilty, yeah. I don't do in between. Yeah, I don't negotiate, you know. So, so she's guilty. She's yeah, absolutely. So when she's on this lonely Paris Christmas Eve flight, we run into uh, Candy Bergen at the airport, wearing this like marabou, you know, scarf, and uh, they kind of have this little talk about like, oh, you know, I'm here, I'm working, because I think she asks her if she was just like spending the holidays in Paris or something, and she's, like, in a flight attendant uniform. Meanwhile, the Candy Bergen character should know damn well, when you're a flight attendant, you work all holidays. Even even if, like, you have seniority, you're probably going to be working the major holidays. Yeah, it's true. I would love to know how long this career lasted, because it sounds like as soon as she met, you know, the peanut rancher, that... uh, it was done. She jumped this ship. career was torpedoed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, they kind of have this conversation about like, no, you need, you know, you need to go back and make it right with your dude. Whatever. She needs her co-pilot. She needs her co-pilot. She needs her co-pilot. She needs her co-pilot. Yeah. You're right. But she, and by that, she needs to go back to him, as you said, and she needs to fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But all that aside, the craziest thing – well, not the craziest thing in this movie. The craziest thing in this movie we haven't even gotten to yet. But the craziest thing up until this point, to me, I'm just like – Candace Bergen is just like, hey, you know what? Whatever. You go do your thing. I'll take your shift. 
Right? I'm still on the payroll. <laughs> they got a uniform in my size. I'm go I'm going there anyway. It's very like suit me up Uncle Alfred uh, Uncle Alfred. Uncle Alfred. Yeah. That well, she gets to role play with her husband cuz clearly, you know, Julia yeah. has a thing for this. So it's going to make New Year's even better. There you go. This flight attendant fetish. That blew my mind. I was like she is not going to work. Uh, And again, we have been led to believe that this woman is a Martha Stewart level mogul. She literally said that she was just on Oprah. Yeah. And and now for this girl who she's interacted with four times, she's just like, sure, go home, live your life, apologize to your ex and get your shit together. And I will work your shift as a flight attendant. Yeah. <laughs> On a 12, 14 hour flight. Hour flight. Totally. Oh. I'm my trying God. to think of like what the equivalent of this would be for an influencer or somebody famous. Well, them getting behind the bar or getting behind yeah. like serving drinks at the restaurant, aka I mean, causing more I mean, drama. this would be <laughs> like um this would be like Lisa Vanderpump trying to work. after she like had some inspiring speech to like one of her bartenders yeah. of that you need to go get your man. Don't worry, I got the bar shift. As Lisa totally. Vanderpump at Pump just like hops I'll, behind the bar and starts like mixing drinks. I'll close out the batch of credit cards at the end of the night. <laughs> exactly. It would have been funny like if someone came out and they were like, I'm sorry, Miss Bergen, you're too old. <laughs> like in fairness <laughs> yeah. to like Kelly Kelly Preston's yeah. character. <laughs> and, and this is one of those moments in the screenplay that I'm just like, why can't you write Kelly Preston in the last act of this movie? Like what if she's just like walking through the airport uh, and she like now has, she's married, and she has this conversation with Kelly yeah. Preston instead. That like you and- know why mm-hmm. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna get literary with this. Sure. Kelly Preston is a repeat repetition of her mother, oh, and so right. therefore this is her moving away and moving towards Candace Bergen and right. towards the life that she wants and a new mom. I don't know. No more Silver Springs. <laughs> Bye, <laughs> Porpoise Spit. No more. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, like a funnier script would have been some like really a fake Podunk town. Totally, you know. Yeah, totally. Show us a little bit of what. It would have have taken it like ten steps further of just really how country this town was. Yeah, yeah. A different actress. I mean, just think of Kirsten Dunst. Like, just someone that Mm -hmm. like just that wouldn't wouldn't have done it with a wink and would have actually even Reese. You know, back then, you know, I love Freeway and 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 that's a comedy too. And and there's not that pandering down, you know. But I agree. Like, just why even name the town? Like, why do they have to be so mean to certain places? (laughs) You know, it's like. Totally, yeah. Why do you gotta totally. do rural Nevada dirty like that? <laughs> you know, is Silver Springs I, like I, I've never? I where is it? Is it by Reno? Knows. I assume yeah. it's by Reno because whenever they shit on Nevada, it's always the Cause, Reno. Yeah, because she yeah. gets a job in Laughlin. Oh, yeah. That's where the fl- mm-hmm. that's where the airline went from Laughlin to Fresno. Oh my god! I mean, it's this type of Hollywood filmmaking about poor people is one of the main reasons why I hated a movie like Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah, that, I didn't it's, see it. it's just condescending. It's just like it's sort of liberal Hollywood's idea of how lower class people live. 
Totally. And if you notice too, every, there's nothing that's, um, beyond their circumstances. So like if you're poor, it's because you're stealing and because you're a thief and because you don't dream big enough, or it's because you're not number one in your class, which everyone here is just number one. I love the way they throw that shit out of like, he's number one in the class. Mm -hmm. She's number one in the class. Everybody's just number one in the class. She broke the trainee record. (laughs) It's just, you know, and we won't even make the ending ending, which I think you were hinting at. It's just the most, what the fuck? I won't spoil that yet. (laughs) But I mean, that is like, talk about just like, how the hell did we get here? Oh, I just woke up one day and oh, this is is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. With no, okay. I mean, I mean, we can get there. (laughs) Yeah, no, we have to get there because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we cut directly to Mark Ruffalo's parents' house. Yeah. Just barges uh, poor in. grandma. Just barges in. And this whole subplot with the grandma, I'm just like, oh my God, like this woman has Alzheimer's. And Plus, just like, too, like and I'm not I'm not trying to be an expert on, but like, can't you just hear like I thought it was like a thing, like you can't have two Christmas scenes in a non-Christmas movie. Right. Like yeah. this one's like very Christmassy for like non-Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know? even think of that. I mean, it is a good way to show to illustrate <laughs> passage of time, but yeah, it's like, all right, two and, Christmas trees. And I like that Donna is that self-centered telling this very moving monologue about her relationship with Mark Ruffalo that she doesn't realize that like his grandma is right in front of her and like you could tell like is she like sundowning I don't know like she's like clearly has she clearly has she's severe putting tinsel Alzheimer's. on the tree she's yeah. trying to put tinsel <laughs> <laughs> but you know maybe grandma didn't hear it but Mark Ruffalo did he was coming down this grand staircase in his house it kind of it kind of annoys me of how this house is set up that the front door is in the left side of the house it's not in the center it's not in the center I don't like that that's too. So uh, the the book that you recommended that the uh, I, I listened to the the comic book I I Iowati on top yeah, he brings sure. that up the mise en scene <laughs> of that scene specifically <laughs> and that it's because they're the director or whoever is trying to show us that she's caught between her past and her future coming down the stairs. Ah, I see. <laughs> that book is out Very of control. Insightful. So I listened to probably about two hours of that book, and he breaks down that movie shot Ugh. by shot. Like, it is Citizen <laughs> I mean, Kane. What's I don't name? think I had an analysis of... Yeah. Right. So this is uh, this is Richard Iowade. Um Listeners, you may remember him if you watch the IT crowd. Um and he's a he's a British comedian, and he did a forensic uh, analysis of and like, from the top. And like Brad and I, he's just very fascinated with it. Of that, this is a movie that they like shelled out money for, and I'm going to break this movie down scene by scene. Yeah. Totally, yeah, and got a good cast for, and like mm-hmm. sold out thirty million dollars for. Yeah, he wrote a book on it, so we shouldn't <laughs> feel bad that we watched it a few times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, um, you know, so they have their little reconciliation, right? They just, he's just kind of like, hey, you came back for me. Yeah. You fucked off from your other job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get ready to move back because I'm not moving <laughs> to New York. Yeah. Totally. So does it immediately cut to the final It immediately shot? cuts to the final shot of the movie, which is out of control. Yeah. So we have to break this down. It is the camera panning down the aisle of the plane towards... The front of the plane. And you can hear Gwyneth's voice. And and yes. she's she's giving the, you know, 
kind of announcements over the speaker, which she has done throughout the movie. So we, totally. we've seen Gwyneth. We're led this. to believe she's roasting peanuts or doing yes. something while she's. And well, we also see we also see the flight attendant, the flight attendant on the phone down, yeah. and her face is obscured by the bulkhead or a passenger or something. And as we get closer, it's not Gwyneth. She she hangs up the speaker and she's still talking. Yeah, she hangs up her little thing, and the voiceover still going, and the door to the cockpit flies open, mm-hmm. and who wow. is in the captain's chair? Gwyneth wearing aviators, <laughs> about to take wow. off. I think they just landed. Oh, she just yeah. okay, just landed. She just, not since Britney Spears Toxic has uh, a plane scene just riveted. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, this is like truly telling a story through. Through pictures. Well, first of all, this is filmmaking. First of all, she is turning around, looking into the camera, <laughs> delivering this like disembarkation speech as the plane is still taxiing. Totally. It's still rolling down the runway, and now she's fully with her back to watch, where she should be looking. Watch the one. Watch the runway, Gwyneth. Watch the runway, sister. But yeah, she has never throughout this entire movie uttered one. Word of wanting to ultimately become a pilot that's never been part of her main plan. Um, but hey, but here, we, here we are. Here we yeah. are. She made it happen. <laughs> I, I'm conflicted with it. On the one hand, like, is it like a cheaply um, reached ending that like is not deserved in any way and was right. not peppered as you mentioned in yeah. any way? But also, the alternative would have been like babies in cleveland yeah. and giving up her career yeah. Yeah. sure so yeah. like yeah I, i'm like it's kind of very i guess like symbol or symbolic of like the shitty kind of roles that women had to see themselves yeah. in yeah. like every single <laughs> movie up until like what like two years ago and even then it's still pretty i mean it's just yeah it's just kind of like leaves you feeling like yeah like they're trying to be progressive by saying hey she you know she like we're, even further. like we're gonna put her on the like the top of all of the airline jobs yeah. and make her be a pilot. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't feel earned at all. Mm-hmm. No, it's a performative yes. progressive. Yes. You know, it's like it's you know here she is smiling pretty with her, cup, with even her if, uh, pilot hat on. You know, it's not like it's like Barbie the astronaut yeah. without really like you know even if she was how like, did this happen an, an executive maybe at the airline or like or even totally. or even like this, cut to the... her on a television show like Candy yeah that she also wrote a book. I don't know. About how yeah. to have it all. Yeah. How to, how to reach your career goals yeah. and how to, you know, and, and he's a stay at home husband yeah. now or something, yes. you know, yeah. like agreed. Yeah. But this just feels kind of out of left field and just not, not, not in any way earned, but, but hey. Um, so I never told my story of how I was almost a fly attendant about five years ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, like I said at the beginning of the show, I've always been fascinated with flight attendants, and I just was never at a point that I really decided to pursue it. And I remember I was just working at a bookstore at the time, and I was just like, I think I'm going to look into it. Like, I'm going to look into working for either Delta, American, or Alaskan Airlines. And okay. I ended up getting a sort of a introduction job interview with Alaskan Airlines that I had to 
go to San Diego. So I got on the train to San Diego. I think I even wow. bought a suit for it. I think that my mom gave me money to go to like Macy's to buy like uh-huh. a suit. And I went to the training for Alaskan Airlines. And I just remember sitting like in like the chairs with everyone just thinking, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing here? And then I got chicken and I left midway through. Well, they had wow. given you some weird thing about like the the like the drug testing and like yeah. smoking and all that. Supposedly, stuff. like you can't even smoke a cigarette, and you were just oh like, I'm just like, I'm not gonna pass. I'm just like, shit, I don't so. know if I'm gonna pass this. <laughs> and even yeah. just like looking at all of the sort of the well, this is what you're signing up for to be an airline stewardess or like an airline like what's flight the, attendant. a flight attendant? That's the more like PC way of yeah. saying it of just like you don't have a choice of where you live it is a lot of fucking hard work it's I just not it. it's just not being a waiter like a wait it's not just being a wait staff in the sky like you're responsible for people's lives which yeah. i think that maybe if i was at a very different point of my life and also if i was single i would have done it but i just remember thinking i can't do this mm-hmm. like no like i don't think this is for me yeah I, you know, I, I just feel like it's 24 hour sleep deprivation, yeah. dehydration and jet lag. But I also, my family comes from like, um, working in the airlines, not as pilots. Well, my grandfather was in the, in world war two, but then he just worked for the airlines and him and my uncle were always like, be a baggage handler. You get just as many free right. flight yeah. perks yeah. and you yeah. don't have to fly all around the world and deal with shitty people, you know? And so like, I always looked at it like that. I think it's really cool to be able to, cause people see the world doing it, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, it's like being a wait. It's like all the shitty parts of being a waiter in the sky and having to save these assholes' lives. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like, ugh. and especially yeah. if you're in a relationship, you can't really see your partner, and also you don't have well, a choice of where Don, you live too. Yeah, no, no. Like, I think for Alaskan, it's either you live like you're stationed in L.A., Seattle, Portland, or it's like Denver, Salt Lake, and they assign you, and you have no choice in the matter. Yeah, no. And they're always the type of people that are like, I only have 24 hours, so I'm going to, I'm going to see Hong Kong, then I'm going to go visit my friend and the, and and the this and this. And I'm like, if I have 24 hours, I'm like, I can watch a movie and probably sleep Sleep. for like 20. Like, I do (laughs) not pack my days. Like, you need to be that kind of person that likes doing stuff too. And I'm just like, (laughs) no, no, no. So, like, so I left, so I left the hotel. And I went to uh, downtown San Diego, and I just went to Gone Girl. I went to Gone Girl by myself to just, like, wait for my time to catch the train. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yep. I I love it. So much like Donna, you you chose love Mm -hmm. (laughs) over your Uh, career. And, I mean, I think just, like, the airline industry is so fascinating with gay men that just sort of gay men have just made this interesting niche in the career of being a flight attendant. And I was kind of reading a little bit about it, that there was a lawsuit in the 70s of the airlines being like a discrimination, that like they wouldn't hire any men being flight attendants. And some wow. guy won it. And then all of a sudden, all of these essentially gay guys just became flight attendants in the became 70s. Flight attendants. Huh. 
I mean, sadly, I think in the 70s and 80s and even 90s, it would have been really conducive. Like if you, you know, you didn't feel like you were going to get married. Yeah. You yeah. wanted to travel all the time. Perhaps you weren't close with your family. Yeah. So yeah. you're just like, I want to see the world, get paid to do it. And like, I don't have anything tying me down. I can yeah. see why a lot yeah. of gay men would be attracted to it. You the know? uniforms, you look really cute in them. <laughs> I'm exactly. fairly positive that Grinder was created for male flight attendants. Well, we know they use it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And and then have you ever ever been out at bars where there's just a whole group of gay guys that are there just with – and they're just on a layover? We used to see that at our local bar here. Well, Virgin would put them up at the Pasadena Hilton. Yeah. Why? Yeah. 40 miles away from LAX. No one knows. They didn't know. They were just like – they were Virgin and they're all British guys um, and they were just like – they just put us up at the Pasadena Hilton. We don't know why. It's just the way it is. And, um, yeah, so they would always come to our little local gay bar, just hang out. Big gaggle. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Like, have you really had a gay experience if you haven't met some drunk, horny flight attendants <laughs> at a bar? <laughs> right? Absolutely. But, um, okay, so so what about this movie kind of draws us to it, kind of makes us revisit it? You know, Gwyneth, obviously. But, um you know, wanna... I think there's something very charming about that. This is a movie about a real life job. That, like she's not like a fashion executive or like a magazine editor or all <laughs> of the other bullshit jobs that you see in movies. Mm-hmm. Like being a flight attendant is a very attainable career just for your average everyday person. And they don't really make movies about stuff like that. And I think that that's all a part of the charm kind of for me when watching this, especially mm-hmm. when I was a young person that I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was so pretty and just right. sort of like, this could be me walking through an airport dressed like Gwyneth. Like this is a very like aspirational career. Yeah. I think that's, that's smart. I, I, I would agree with that. I think a little bit of, it was that for me. And, and I mean, not to, you know, you can never take away from something from an 87 minute movie in this world oh, yeah. of like, <laughs> like two and a half hour movies. Like, I think it was just short. I saw it at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think I did see it after 9 11, and it was nice to kind of see yeah. airfare mm-hmm. kind of like light a little bit at the time mm-hmm. when it was just like they were like death bombs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just a very so- safe and comforting movie. Yeah, it was just comforting and and like I said the 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 kind of unexpected camp of Gwyneth trying to be a real person is just yeah, like right. You know, um but yeah, I agree. It's just it's kind of comfortable and even this time watching it again, I've probably seen it now about 5 times and mm-hmm. and but this would be the first time in about I would say 7 or 8 years and um it's still like I saw the issues and why it's a mess, but it still went quick. Yeah, yeah. for lack of a better word. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, it it goes down easy. And I'm also bad movies go. I'm also just a huge sucker for just career women in movies. I always remember being really affected by movies like Working Girl when I was younger, or like Baby Boom. Yeah. Um, What are kind of other great Working Girl movies that we've done on our show? Big Business. Big Business. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead with Christine Applegate. Like so good. Yeah, uh, so good, a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. There is that 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 level, and there's that fun kind of girlish oughtsness to it. Definitely, you know, that, yeah. That, uh, yeah. The the soundtrack is like a pales in comparison to a Legally Blonde or even a Clueless, oh, yeah. but it's just got that still kind of it's mm-hmm. like fake pep. 
You yeah, know? for sure. For I hope sure. that Gwyneth kind of has learned to sort of laugh about this movie too, and just like not take it so serious that you can sort of joke about this stupid flight attendant movie that you did for Miramax in the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this movie's crazy, but I feel like if you can get your hands on it, we had to get the Netflix DVD of it because we didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> in a rental because you can still get movies sent to your house in the mail yep the in, we're so old oh, the internet comes in the mail but um yeah I, I i if you can get your hands on it watch it give it a shot it's as far as bad like i said as far as bad movies go it's it's more it's on the fun side it's such a sincere bad movie too yeah. that like yeah. it re- is really trying to sell the shit out of the story <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think if this had been a bigger hit, it would have Gwyneth would have gone in that direction more so, trying to make more of these kind of because this kind of ended this too mm-hmm. for her that like, track of funny, yeah. funny movies. Yeah, and what's kind? Of, I you mean, know? maybe. I mean, and what's also interesting about looking at Gwyneth's filmography at this time is that she doesn't feel overexposed. Like she was only in a handful of movies in the early two thousands. It's like I think that she did. This and Sylvia in the same year. And Sylvia was a huge bust. And then went on to do yeah. like Sky Captain, The World of Tomorrow, and then Proof for Miramax yeah, again. So yeah. didn't really work all that much. And just Don't sort forget of... duets and bounce. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in 2000. But she kind of duets. She had a small part, and Bounce was a disaster. Yeah. An- yeah. An- another disaster Miramax movie. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can we can sit around and, and discuss Gwyneth's <laughs> over uh, all, all afternoon. We'll do a we'll do a deep poll yeah. of Gwyneth's yeah career. I'm sure soon. Yes, but we uh, we are actually running out of time today. We do have to wrap it up. Uh, this has been so much fun. It's talking so good. About to, this it's, crazy it's so movie. good to catch up with you, Brad. I remember that yes, you were guys. one of our last big in person recordings before. Yeah. The whirlwind of the lockdown of 2020, and it was so much fun seeing you then, and it's great to catch up with you now. Yes, indeed. Vice versa, guys. Thank you for having me. It's fun. You're very welcome, and we'd love to have you on uh, again in the future, so we'll we'll get thinking about next uh, next projects to work on. But uh, until then, uh, we bid you adieu. See you later, man. Bye, Brad. Bye, guys. Bye. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. View from the Top, man. What a crazy movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would have called doing a View from the Top episode, but no. I'm, I'm glad that we got there, though. Yes, and, and we do recommend uh, giving it a shot mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can get your hands on it. But it is about that time. We've got some fun stuff to read for you I today. I think we've got some new iTunes reviews. <laughs> we do. We've got some new iTunes reviews. Scott, you can read these two, and then I'll read the last one. Here's one from Pods Are Awesome from Apple Podcast. I started listening to movies that made us gay during lockdown and was immediately drawn in. Love the smart movie choices. Super humorous and smart. I enjoy listening while working from home. Scott and Pete are charming. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And handsome. See their Instagram accounts. Woo. I love that. They also introduced me to another fave podcast, That Aged Well. We love That Aged Well. Go listen to Paul and Erica. Just listen to Mean Girls episode and Pete accidentally called Gretchen Wieners Dawn Wieners. And we now have to do a Welcome to the Dollhouse episode, please. That is from uh, 
our listener, Gary Scanlon. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you so much. Uh, we posted that one on Instagram, and Gary reached out and was like, that was me. We do need to do a Welcome to the Dollhouse episode. I <laughs> yes, love that movie. Absolutely. Uh, we've got one more for Scott to read. From Cupboardy85 from Apple Podcast. But they're in Canada. Canada. Canadian. Scott and Pete choose a great selections of film to discuss. I look forward to each Friday. And what's the name? What's the title of that review? My absolute favorite podcast. Thank you so much. And lastly, this review comes from Apple podcast user MJ pod out of Great Britain. The title is there's something a bit queer about this movie. Great podcast with fun, enthusiastic, and knowledgeable hosts. The informal chat style works perfectly, and the choice of movies is as diverse as it is pinpoint accurate for the title of the podcast. We all, as young queer people, probably thought that we were quite alone in our feelings and observations about certain films, but clearly we were prepping for a welcoming community full of shared experience. I love that. I absolutely love that. One totally of the main, kind of one of our main thesis statements of the show. Yes, yes. And that is, like I said, is from Apple Podcast user MJ Pod, but they are on Instagram, Greenhead Design, at Greenhead Design. And they're an stuff. artist. He, he yeah, some, they've got some really fun. Some really fun art. Some really fun on art there. on We Instagram. just followed them back. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to us as soon as we posted that one in our stories. Uh, another hey, I wrote this, so we love it when um, when people claim their yeah, love that <laughs> their uh, their user reviews because yeah, we love to get user reviews on Apple Podcasts. It helps for other people to find us. It just it spreads the word. It's it's really great and um, it's so nice, you guys. Yeah. It's so nice. We we, we really appreciate that. it. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, it's time for some. Patreon shout out. We love it. So these are our patrons that uh, support us there. They subscribe and they contribute to the Patreon. We would love to say hey, hey, hello to JJ, Brandon, Amy, Layton, Shelby, Merle, Jacob, Michael, Charlie, Heather, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emma, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you guys so much for subscribing and contributing to the Patreon. Probably by the time this episode comes out, we'll have a new commentary. Yes, too. we are going to record new commentary very soon, if not tonight or tomorrow night. Then soon, soon. Yes, yeah, so it should uh, it should be up and running and. It's most likely going to be Twilight. Yeah, I think we're going to do Twilight. <laughs> it's having a moment Netflix. right now on Netflix that yes, we have indeed. to we have to give it a rewatch. Yes, indeed. So to all of our patrons, thank you so much for being a patron. And uh, head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay to see some different tiers of some fun stuff that you can get. Also, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Amazon Music. Audible. Go- Audible, Google I think we're on them all. We're on, yeah, everything. And while you're at it, give us five stars, please. Yes, indeed. Helps with visibility. Yes, indeed. So you can find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Movies That Made Us Gay. Uh, and at MTMUG Pod on Twitter. Yes, indeed. My name is Pete. You can find me on Facebook and not uh, Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter. Scott Youngbauer on Instagram and just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd. See what I'm watching. 
Yes, indeed. Until next time, everybody, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.